0: Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Taylor Smith on. Taylor, how are you?
1: I'm doing really well. Good morning.
0: Good morning. Really looking forward to this conversation. You do some amazing work. So why don't you share with the audience who you are and and what you do, and then we'll dive into the conversation.
1: Yeah, 100%. Hey, everybody. My name is Taylor Smith, and I'm a co-founder and the CEO of Blueboard. And Blueboard is the world's first experiential employee rewards platform. You know, a lot of companies do rewards for their employees. They might do gift cards, gift baskets, swag. When companies use Blueboard, they send their employees experiences with the click of a button. So we've sent over 100,000 people out and about all over the world to take pottery lessons, to take their husbands or wives to couples massages. We've sent people to Michelin star dinners, or even take the kids to feed apps at the zoo. So it's all about this idea of reciprocity and allowing companies to get their people out and about into the real world after they've done some great work. Uh, I'm so excited to talk to you today and tell you more about our journey. And yeah.
0: I'd love to hear the journey and how this organization was born because uh, it's again experiences. And we talked about this a little bit in the pre show. When I think back of the organizations that I've worked with over the years, the ones that jump out the most were the ones that there were some experiences tied to working there, whether it was internal or often external uh, and just uh, absolute amazing times and things like that. So why don't you share with us how Blueboard came to be?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The fun thing about Blueboard is I'm an outsider at ETR, but I experienced as an employee, employee recognition programs that were very well intentioned, but just missed the mark with me early in my career. And so I can tell you one specific moment that led me to leave my company. Um, to start Blueboard. I started my career in the management consulting at a company called Accenture. And it was about, it was almost 10 years ago now that this moment happened, but I had been working on a project um in Dallas based in San Francisco. So I was flying three weeks San Francisco to Dallas and working really long hours. I was at the um, headquarters of the company I was at from about 8 a.m. to about midnight, um, four days a week, just, you know, early in my career, Working my tail off, wanted to do a good job, but over the course of that project, I'm sure many people can relate. When you pour so much time and energy into work, I wasn't sleeping super well. I wasn't eating very well. You know, I put on some weight. And I was overall just not in a great mental place. And at the end of the project, I was pretty burnt out. And my manager calls me into his office, and he sits me down. And he says, "Taylor, partners and I were really impressed with all the work that you did. You carried a lot for a young analyst and we wanted to recognize you. And I still remember he slid an American Express gift card across the table to me. and was like, thank you so much. And in a moment, I was like, thanks. You know, I wasn't elated, but also it's, it's a very nice gesture. Like mean, no one can, can disagree with that. On the flight back to San Francisco, I was reflecting to myself. I had worked hundreds of hours of overtime over the past three, three and a half months. And I thought to myself, wow, does Accenture value my time at you know $1.25 an hour. And I actually started getting a little bit bitter about the gift card, which is really like, it's an interesting reaction. Um, and when I got back to my my house, my roommate at the time, who's now my co-founder at Blueboard, he had such a different point of view, presumably because he was removed from the situation. He said, hey, it's, it's really interesting how many things went right. And you're still sitting here complaining about basically receiving money from your company on a Friday night. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he's like, well, think about it. There's so many things that went right. He's like, your manager pulled you into his office to say thank you. He basically handed you $200. That means he had to go to Walgreens or CVS to buy you a gift card. So he spent his own time doing that. And he said, that also means Accenture has a huge budget for stuff like this. And they train their managers. He's like, there's so many things that went right there. And he's like, you're sitting here not happy about it. That's wild. And so we started brainstorming about what would have made me feel better as a hardworking employee. And we really quickly landed on this idea that our whole generation, the way that we spend our money, we spend it on life experiences. We save money to go to Coachella. We save money to travel to Thailand, to ride scooters around. We are the experiential generation. and We realize it is such a mismatch that companies are spending billions of dollars on gift cards, merchandise, plaques, electronics for their employees. When employees themselves are saving for experiences, and so we said that's a great idea for a company. Let's help companies send their employees skydiving or to get a couple of massages that's noteworthy that way you would feel rewarded um and so i left accenture to uh start this idea
0: Well, it's an amazing story and uh kudos to your your co-founder for having you look at things differently and i think and i do a lot of work in the burnout space and workplace culture Mm -hmm. and whatnot and when I encounter people, I, I ask them, okay, look at the other side of the coin, like your your partner did, uh, and say, okay, there's, there's positives here. It's not all just black and white. This is horrible. Usually it isn't. But in this age where a lot of people are not wanting that plaque or that gift card, although it is thoughtful, that's, it mm-hmm. is. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about that. But when organizations can say, you know what, because you're putting in all these hours and because this project was so successful, landed us not only an additional work with them, but now they're considering us on a global scale, which is obviously gigantic, then that organization say, here, you know what, and this is why I always implore people to do this. Even doesn't matter how big the organization is or how small. It's like, no what your employees are motivated by. Not just the money thing and the work and things Mm -hmm. like that, but what interests do they have? Do they like baseball? Do they like, you know, what about this or what about that? Where, you know, they could easily have said, okay, let's say you're a baseball fan and you're in San Francisco. So, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say you'd probably like the Giants. I'm, I'm probably not the Dodgers, but I'm just just a hunch. Although the, yeah, there are people totally. in San there are people in San Francisco that are risking their lives wearing LA hats, but that's okay. Uh, but at the end of the day, they know okay you're you love baseball and you go to games from time to time and all that stuff. I, they can say you know what we're going to buy a mini season ticket package for you. That would blow you away. That would be something that you would remember for decades afterwards. Like you could have easily bought it yourself, based on you know revenue and saving and all that kind of stuff. But the fact that you're like, sure. whoa, and it 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 catches people off guard, and they're like, I can't believe they did that. So the thoughtfulness of going and saying okay let's get an experience you know you know somebody is a foodie okay yeah you you start sending them to michelin rated restaurants they're going to remember that because that's one of those places that they would love to go because they enjoy great food so in the brainstorming when you and your partner were coming all these things together and you're like okay well how how do we make this work? You know, how do we? And, and, you know, there's a lot of pieces involved in there. And they're not, obviously, I don't want you giving away the kernel secret recipe here. But ultimately, it boils down to you've got the vendors that are providing these things, the finding the companies that want these kind of things. You know, what was what were those initial days like when you were approaching companies, saying, "Okay, well, let's approach the experience thing a little bit differently."
1: Yeah, I think the early days were were really fun. I have to admit, because one of our promises with our platform is we are going to vet and verify every small business that offers an experience on our site. And so when we were a young company, it was Kevin and myself going to try different skydiving places, going to try different helicopter tours or yoga studios to actually rate them. And that's sort of the level that we went to. But what we were really focused on is this idea that and you touched on it a second ago, is that there are different things that make people pick. Some people are foodie. Um, some people love spending time with their kids. Some people are outdoorsy. Some people actually want to like spend more time at home and just relax. And there's these different personas where different things are motivating to them. And that was one of our earliest challenges which we didn't want to be the group on where you just throw the same old thing up there and it's very transactional. We wanted to have things that actually spoke to people. Things that were a little bit more niche or where someone would say, ooh, that's interesting. And um, something that we found that was really um, fascinating over time through looking at our data, again, like uh, over 100,000 different experiences, is that there are differences like demographically in what people choose and how people choose to unwind. For the younger generation, the word that I would use in terms of like experience preferences is novelty people want to do something they've never done before. They want to do something they can take a picture of, uh, throw up on Instagram. That is sort of a driving force for what we choose. And, you know, we have interesting things like you can go bungee jumping between two redwood trees. Um, you can be James Bond for a day, which is you get uh, dressed up in a tux or an evening gown. You jump out of a plane, there's an Aston Martin waiting for you on the runway that you get to drive all day and then you get to learn to make the perfect martini. So like, that's a very like novel experience. Not very many people have done that. When you go and look at um, older generations, the um, experiences that are chosen are much more centered around quality time, which is, hey, I haven't spent time with my kids because I'm working so much. Let me spend some quality time and go to a theme park. with them. Um, let me catch up with an old friend over like a really nice dinner. And that, that was really interesting to us over time. And so we take these factors into account when building out our experience venues, and realize that people are different. They have different preferences. They want to unwind in different ways. Now, if companies are able to offer things that their employees like truly resonate with, that's when you start building loyalty. When someone gets it, it's like when you get a great gift from a from a friend, and and you can tell, ooh, that you know that friend really knows me and knows who I am. That's a powerful. Powerful thing, because at the end of the day, as people, we just want to feel seen. You know, we want to feel acknowledged, um, and there's there's no better way to do that. We think in, in the recognition space than, than spending or sending your employees some quality time to do what they care about outside the office.
0: And that's really important. It reminds me of a story. As um, I think I've shared this on my show before, this was back in the late '90s. I I worked for an insurance automation software company. And Mm -hmm. I was part of the installation team. And there was a dozen of us. And every week, we would fly out of usually Midway Airport, uh, sometimes out of O'Hare. And we'd fly to independent insurance agencies across the US and install their network system and the new software and all that, train their employees, and then fly back and wash, rinse, repeat. Well, there was an opportunity for some reason we had a handful of installations in New Orleans. And it took some coercion of senior leadership and ownership because here's a bunch of 20-something-year-old guys that wants to go to Bourbon Street and install uh, stuff. And they were like thinking, this is going to be the worst installation ever. We're going to pay through the nose. We're going to lose so much money. But we were able to convince to schedule all of the installs that one week in may and all the installers and our manager just make kind of babysit us a little bit make sure that we would actually go do the installs and and not spend all our time on bourbon street well what we did collectively as a team we realized This was actually a pretty big deal for them to agree to this. So we, as a team, didn't want to let the organization down. So what we did is we gathered all of the information on all of the installs. And there were, I think, six, if I remember correctly. So what we did is we basically did this whole mapping of all the installs, what was needed, how many days it would take, what resources and all of that. And we all came together and realized, you know what? If we all attack some of the smaller ones first, we can get them done in a day, go back the next day, train everybody, and be done with it. So that's what we did. So the insurance agency would pay for one installer. All of a sudden, 12 guys roll in. And they're like, we didn't pay for 12. No, you paid for one. You're getting 12. So all of a sudden, they were like, whoa, what is this all about? And we did that for everybody. So there was several agencies that had a dozen people show up when it was supposed to be one or two or maybe three. They were all blown away. The letters of recommendation we got from that week was off the chart. And uh, statistically speaking, those installs had the lowest number of support calls going forward because we all came together. We nailed it out normally when they fly out, you fly out Monday, you get there and you do some things and usually fly out Friday morning. Well, because flights, they didn't want to change them and all that stuff. We had every installation done by Wednesday afternoon, Thursday, we split up and went around to all the agencies, make sure everything was good. So Wednesday night and Thursday night were, you know, bourbon street and having a blast of, time of our lives and all of that kind of stuff but it was one of those experiences that were created wasn't necessarily a gift or here go do this but they gave us the experience to come together as a team and that team became so tightly knit there's several of us and that was over a quarter century ago we still talk with each other and that's Again, these experiences can go a lot of different ways. But in this world of quiet quitting, great resignation, people hating work and all of that kind of stuff, creating environments where people can thrive together and collaborate together and have fun together, I think goes a long way. And your your company is going to be healthy. And obviously, those experiences are going to be even better.
1: Yeah. Your story reminds me of two things. One is something you mentioned, which is experiences are incredibly memorable. And the fact that you're sitting here talking about that week, 25 years later in such great detail, that's a powerful thing. You know, imagine if your company had said, hey, you finished up a day early, we're going to give you, you know, a $500 bonus. And that bonus had disappeared into your checking account and you weren't in New Orleans. That's an amazing gesture by the company, right? And that doesn't go um, unnoticed. But you wouldn't be talking about that 25 years later, nor would you remember it, nor would you have these relationships with your colleagues from that amazing trip and that amazing week, right? Even though it ended up being a day. And so just the value over time of experiences is just, it completely overwhelms that of giving someone a gift card, right? Which is feels great in the moment, but then disappears you know, a couple of days later. The second thing that it reminds me of is like the power of incentives. And when there is a vision or anticipation of doing something, the amazing work where people will come together to make something um, come true. It reminds me of a really early childhood story um, that I actually had a thought of a year, so it's funny that it, it brought it up. I was a very constant procrastinator. I would always do things at the last minute, and it would drive my parents crazy, because I'm the kid that would stay up till 3 a.m, you know, in middle school because I had this project that I just couldn't get done. I remember one time my dad said, hey, we're going to go dirt biking this weekend, but only if you finish your project by Wednesday night or something due on Friday. And for the first time in my life, I worked Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night and got the project done. And we had this amazing dirt biking trip. And I remember being like, oh, wow, like just the idea of anticipating this trip on the weekend was enough for me to completely change my habits to be successful Um, and like that manifests itself also in the workplace in the way that you talked about. Your team brought a whole degree of creativity, cohesion, coordination that didn't exist before you had this idea of, oh, we could spend Thursday and Friday on Bourbon Street. And it fundamentally changed the way you did the work and led to great business results along the way. And so I just think that's such a cool vignette of what's happening at some of our clients across the world who are using Blue Lord rewards. You Rewards. Know, companies like AT&T, companies like Rivian, Companies like Shake Shack um, are using experiences to really like invest in their employees' lives outside of work, but also to get these great business outcomes along the way.
0: And those companies that you named, you know, especially I know Rivian and, and Shake Shack in particular, and I've been a Shake Shack. I don't own a Rivian. Maybe I will one day. I don't know if mm-hmm. uh, if Mr. Bezos is listening. yeah, I'll give you the address. Go ahead and send it to me. Uh, but what you notice is those organizations that do that for their employees and create happy, healthy experiences for them, that comes through in their products and services. You 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 know the difference. When you when you know a company is healthy, their products and their services are really good. And it just the experience when you buy a product or service for them, you you know something's different about them because like wow, they're 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 enjoying life. And it's not the fake customer service voice and all of that. It's no, they really are enjoying what they're doing because they enjoy what they do, they're in an environment. Mm-hmm that is healthy and takes care of them and provides incentives and motivation and creativity. And when you have that, some magic happens. And I'm thankful for every one of your customers that use those services because we benefit as a society when products and services are better because their employees are healthier and happier because of where they work.
1: 100%.
0: So love this conversation. Where can people find out more about you and this amazing work you're doing?
1: Yeah. So you can go to www.blueboard.com. It's blue like the color board, like the surfboard. Um, we're, you know, up to 500 clients at this point, all over the world. It's been really humbling and, and an awesome journey. And we really feel like we're just getting started. Um, I think it's worth mentioning that there are a bunch of ways that companies use us. There's anniversary awards to reward people for their loyalty. There's spot rewards where managers can say thank you for a job well done on the spot. We do a lot of work with sales incentives, employee referral incentive, basically any place that you know, you're investing in your employees and some type of reward to drive some type of behavior outcome for your company. Um, people have been um, putting Blueboard into the mix and seeing really amazing results along the way.
0: That's awesome. And I'll definitely have that information in the show notes. So thank you again so much for what you do. It's making the world better. So congratulations on and continued success in everything you're doing.
1: Cool. Thanks so much, Michael.
0: Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.